Welcome to a single serving podcast. This is where we change the discussion around being single into one that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I'm a writer and freelancer based in Brooklyn, and I've been single for 11 years. Whenever I see content for single women online, it's about dating, how to date, where to date, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I think we deserve more than that. So on this podcast, it's my goal to expand what we talk about when we talk about being single and acknowledge the realities of it that non-single people don't get to see. I'll be joined every week by guests and we'll talk about the positives, the negatives, and all the parts in between, and hopefully laugh about them too. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest this week is Kellen Bechtold, and we connected, um, as many of my guests and I do, through social media. I think our conversation is going to be really relatable for you if you've ever been divorced or been in a long-term relationship that has ended. Um, I'm really grateful that I got the chance to speak with her. I think she has a lot of wonderful insight around being single and single life, Um, and also she was on Survivor, so there's that. Hi, Kellen. Hi. How, How are, are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so much better than when we chatted a week ago when I was completely exhausted and drained. So yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Of course. You know, for people who don't know, we had scheduled to talk a few days ago and you weren't really in the right place and it all turned out it probably wasn't the best day for me to do it either. And I was just so impressed by your ability to reach out and tell me like, Hey, can we do this another day? And it's just inspiration. So many times we just push ourselves through and then are disappointed in the results. So. Oh man, I was so unbelievably drained and I was, I was fighting it all morning. I'm like, no, you have shit to do today. You're going to be fine. And then as the afternoon came, I was just like, why are you jeopardizing a conversation that you wanted to have for a while? Just like, bow out for today, recognize that you're drained and exhausted and don't deny that because you think it means that you failed at something. So I've honestly, I haven't done too much of what I did last week. For those listening who are confused by me and Kellen shooting the shit, um, (laughs) we were supposed to record last week and I was extremely exhausted for a variety of reasons, which we'll get to. And I asked Kellen if we could bump it back by a week so that I could perform perform so that I could speak at my best today. And uh, she very graciously said yes. So it's our little moment to encourage you if you are feeling drained or overwhelmed to push the pause button and not feel guilty about that. So thank you, Kellen, so much. Of course. And did you do anything in particular to help yourself get back on track? Or do you have rituals that you do when you're feeling drained like that? I sure did, Kellen. I do not have rituals because I'm not yet very good at that. However, I did have a vacation planned for the Memorial Day weekend. I went essentially to the woods with some good friends of mine. We rented a house for three days and I literally began every day that I was there by just sitting on the back porch, staring into the woods with my coffee for like an hour. I think I creeped out my friends because I was literally just staring into the woods, (laughs) listening to nature. But you see some really exciting things when you do that. I saw a literal hawk like fly through the woods while I was just staring into oblivion. It was really peaceful and necessary. And like it, every single second I was doing that, it, I was reminded that I wasn't looking at a screen. It was it was really nice. Isn't it crazy how much we don't see of the world anymore because we're <gasps> looking at our phones just going through? I wonder how many days I walk to work or – I mean. 
I do drive, so I hope my head is upwards and being safe, but, you know, <laughs> not even always there. And it's like, what are we all looking down at our screens and just missing the real world? You know, I imagine some people go on Memorial Day, go out to the woods and are scrolling through like nature pictures of Instagram oh. while they're like on that porch. I'm, I would be guilty of doing something like that. So I'm so glad I'm you enjoyed just- it. I did. I tried to be really conscious and leave my phone in the house and spend as much time as possible outdoors. Um, It was necessary. It was very restorative because I feel like I've been able to accomplish this like a lot this week and have not felt as drained since I got back. So I think I think it really helped. I hope it did because I'm about to move and drain myself all over again. So let's just see how much we can pile up on Shaney all at once. How about that? Let's give it a shot. Oh, man. Moving. When was the last time you moved? Six years ago. Oh, been a while. It's been a long time. It needed to be a long time because I've moved a lot. I've lived all over the country. I've done many, many cross-country moves and I needed to set down firm roots for a while. But I think this apartment and I have outgrown each other and it is time. It is time to move on. So um, if you ever come visit New York, you get to see my new place, which will be that super exciting. That sounds amazing. Let's talk about some stuff. Why don't you, for those who don't know you yet, who are about to, um, tell everybody a little bit about your like your your background, where you come from, and then I'm let's can we just talk about Survivor a little bit? Let's just <laughs> knock it out. Let's get it out there because I will fangirl and then we will move on to heavier things. That sounds great. I will make sure the bio ends with that very important fact. So I <laughs> uh, not that age always matters, but just to put perspective, I'm a 32 year old single female living in Denver, Colorado, and my story started as a farm girl in Indiana. I grew up on a farm uh, in a really tiny town and had just always dreamed of a different life, even though I had never really experienced it. And so I went from going to college in Indiana, actually, even though I swore I never would, uh, went to college at Indiana University and then moved to Chicago and was there for seven years. Wait, which years? Which years were you in Chicago? I was in Chicago from 2010 to 2007. We were 2017, you mean? Uh, yes, sorry. 2010. Look at my math. 2010. I was like, that's, that's in reverse. Um, so we were there at the same time. I lived there from 08 to 2013. Oh, how were? You, how did you feel about Chicago for those five years? I, Loved it. My fa- a lot of my family is originally from Chicago. My mom was born there, and I'd always wanted to live in Chicago. So I was so- sort of determined to be obsessed with it, and I was. But it was also like it had its punishing moments. It was like the lowest point of my career ever. My car got towed and snowed in, and there were all kinds of like charming Chicago idiosyncrasies. But overall, it was phenomenal, and I miss it all the time. And a lot of my friends and I have moved away, and we talk about how much we miss it. So it was a good time. I hope you liked it too. Yeah, there were a lot of highs and a lot of lows. I would say like it's so funny you bring up the car thing because life there was just hard with uh-huh. as far as like losing your car spot on the street and Oh my god, dibs. I can't. <laughs> I can't. People are insane. Yeah. So those sorts of things I do not miss. Denver's a smaller city, just a little bit more accessible. Um, but I do miss all of the different types of people and diversity and restaurants and the different neighborhoods. There's a lot to love about Chicago. But while I was in Chicago, I met someone like the first week I moved there, of course, I was going to be this strong, independent, single woman and then met someone who I ended up marrying and then divorcing uh, after we'd been together for six months. Well, a total of six years, but married for six months. And I was just on this 
path. I was in grad school at the time. And I was just like, I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. I grew up in a conservative town, always, you know, a senior class president, student body president, varsity volleyball captain, always like the good girl doing what I should do on the Midwest machine. And I just the was Midwest done with that. Machine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it. It's like it does everyone... sound pretty classic. Like it sounds a little bit like a Sabrina storyline for someone who's like in the not witch pile. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Midwest machine. You know, go to college, meet someone, get married, have kids, and that's how you live life. Um, but I had had a moment where I decided this wasn't the life I wanted for myself. And in all of that, I had been a fan of this show called Survivor. Um, Many of us are. <laughs> and I, on a whim, made a video and sent it in um, and ended up just crazy making it through the casting process and found my rear end out on an island in Fiji. Oh my God, I can't. And I ended up being on Survivor. So yeah, that's a long way of saying crazy, I ended dude. up on reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> like that is crazy to me that that actually like I made a video for like uh, the real world back in the day, but never in a million years did I ever think that I would ever be cast on a show and wasn't also. So I've never actually spoken to someone that was like, a person who was just like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And then that happened. So it's very cool to hear that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when I made the video and sent it in, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this video and then I'm going to end up on the show. It was, <laughs> more, it was like, I'm going to make this video to entertain myself on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and then it just, it just happened. It was, I think I, you know, caught their eye with getting married and divorced in the last six months and got yeah. two master's degrees and it was just a story that I think they couldn't pass up because they were like, if she's crazy enough to do that, she's going to make some good TV. Oh my God. I love it. What is your overall, like, what are your feelings and thoughts on being single now? Like sort of where are you at with it? What's your, like, what's your take essentially on, on being single? I'll tell you, I can't believe how much, and please take this as a huge compliment, how much more I've been really thinking about the definition of being single and what that means for me and my identity and my friend group and how I interact with my family and my job and all of that stuff in listening to this podcast and Aww. how I got connected was I had read Glynis McNichols book. Uh, no one tells you this. And Which is amazing. It's so good. I cannot recommend that enough. And I'll then, link to it below in the show notes. You guys, you need do. to read it. And then the podcast that you did with her. Um, and so it really feels like since I read that book and listening to this podcast, I've really thought about what does this mean for me and trying to think into my feelings around it that I think I try to avoid a lot. Um, yeah. Like I try to avoid my singleness as opposed to embracing it, um, I think. But as I've spent more time thinking about it, I just realize how settled I am am in my singleness and how much I've set my life up in this way. You know, I got to go off and go to Survivor and then I quit my job to go. I didn't work for seven months. I did my own budget, figured it out, decided I didn't know where I wanted to live after that and just picked Denver on after I had visited a bunch of cities. And I think how much I have loved my life and I didn't have to check in with anyone or get right? permission or compromise on any of that. Oh, and so God. 
the lack of compromise is my favorite thing. Not not having to check in with anybody when I went to see apartments or picked an apartment or what I'm keeping, what I'm throwing away, nothing. Like everything is up to me. It's also exhausting, but on the other side of that, it's just so free. Everything feels so free and so open. And the fact that you had an entire country of cities to live in and you got to pick whichever one you wanted, that's a big deal. And I'm not saying that married people can't decide where they want to live, but sorry, it's a conversation between two people. It is. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a chance that if you, if two people went out and searched for a city and didn't talk to each other about it, maybe they would choose the same one, but I'm glad I didn't have to take that gamble. Oh, (laughs) not even a little bit. You can do whatever you want. It's that I like. And I also like that you picked Denver. I think that's very cool. It's been really interesting. And there are a lot of people who have chosen to be here as opposed to Chicago. Like people, I felt we just landed there because it was the only kind of Midwest city um, there are much, many more transplants, which I think annoys the natives here, but it's been a really <laughs> great experience. And I know what a lot of people struggle with as single people is their friends kind of getting in relationships into parenthood and then needing to start over. And I'm just so blessed to come to a city where there are lots of young single women here who have chosen to be here and building out my friend circle has been easier here than I think it would have been in in a few other cities. How have you done that? How have you built out your friend circle? You just have to be brave. (laughs) Yeah, I agree 100%. Continue to ask people to do stuff, even if you don't want to keep asking because it feels so bad to get turned. Not only does it feel bad to get turned down by men, it feels, at least me as a hetero person, it feels bad to get turned down by men, but it also feels bad at first to get turned down by new female friends. Oh, I think it feels worse. I think it feels so much worse when you put an effort to like try to make a new girlfriend and it's not reciprocated. That to me stings so much more. I'm trying to get over that too. It's also very like, this isn't being arrogant, but it's very rare that I try to make an effort with a woman and she's just like not vibing with that and does not want to be my friend. So I have much less experience dealing with rejection from potential friends than I do dealing with rejection from, you know, like the entire population of gender, that kind of thing. Yeah, I also have less exposure to that kind of rejection and it hurts so bad. But I think my my key to it this time was I joined this group called Bold Buddies, which is an amazing organization. Uh, First of all, great name, Bold Buddies. And it's about women like getting out of their comfort zone. And so while they do a lot of like ice climbing and really cool outdoor crazy shit, which I'm not necessarily into. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Ice climbing? Like fucking Game of Thrones ice climbing? Are you kidding me? What is happening? Like you can just go to the cabin with these women who do all these super badass things and be like, Cool. I'll get the wine opened. <laughs> and she's been on Survivor, you guys. And she's not going ice. Like, let's talk about that as well. I can't. What is happening? Anyway, is there – I'm curious though because this concept, Bold Betty's, sounds phenomenal to me. Do they have chapters outside of Denver or is it just local to Denver? They do have chapters outside of Denver. And even if like Bold Betty's isn't your thing, I think meetup groups, but I force myself to go to like three or four different meetup groups, one a week in my first month here. Mm-hmm. And I ended up meeting this like amazing group of women friends. And I also just like forced us to get into a group chat. And there were like eight of us at that first event and we've dribbled down to four. There are four of us, but we see each other almost every week. Uh, That's we just so started great. In- 
Yeah. So I think just push through, make yourself go to stuff as much as it sucks and then start the group text. And you know what? Sometimes no one responded to me, but ultimately the best ones filtered out. Oh my God. It's about effort. It really is about effort. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I am in a dinner group. We're actually meeting tonight. Um, I'm in a dinner group with, there were four of us originally and one of us joined the Peace Corps. So she's no longer in it, but um, she's in Costa Rica doing her thing. And we're so proud of her. Hi, Caitlin. Um, My friend Monica had the idea to get four women together. And once a month we go to dinner because all four of us are foodies. And we, it's like a pretty steady complaint that we never have anyone to try new restaurants with. And dining alone is amazing. And I love that. But when you're trying something new and you're excited about a new spot, like one person can only order so many things and try so many things. So (laughs) when you dine in a group, you get to experience more of the restaurant. So every month we meet and every month a different woman picks the spot. So it's like, we're always trying to delight each other with what we do. And like the entirety of 2018 was just so good with like home runs, like top to bottom. We had some amazing, amazing dinners and it was so great. But if Monica hadn't gathered us together and put in that effort, it wouldn't have happened. It really does take someone to sort of take the lead and take the reins and have some bravery and pull people together in order to get the foundations of friendship going. And it gets harder as we get older because we're further away from that time in our lives when making friends was so easy. Having that bravery and putting yourself out there is so rewarding. It really is. Like there's I can't tell you how many fantastic memories I have from dinner group. Um, And we'll make more tonight when we go to the restaurant I picked. That sounds so great. I'm excited it's your night to pick the restaurant. Um, One of the things that me and my friends have just started this Saturday is a monthly tradition of one of my friends' name is Marla. And this Saturday is Marla Day, where she got to put together a Google Doc of all of these things she's been wanting to do that normally you would do with a partner landscaping. She wants to set up her new iPhone, etc. And all she has to do is provide mimosas. And then we're all going to show up the whole day and like help her knock out her chores list. And then the next month will be Kellen day and then Katie day. So I'm so excited. And it sounds like your dinner club too. these rituals that we can create with our groups of single friends. So like if I needed help, let's say unpacking an entire apartment or something like that, it could be Shaney day. And everyone would come over and just like hang. Yes, absolutely. We 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 came up with this after some tequila and we were like, (laughs) this is a genius idea. It is genius. I think it's really great. I mean, it's fun and it's supportive at the same time. And and it seems like there's like a no questions asked sort of thing. Like nobody can complain or bitch about it if you were to like ask your boyfriend or fiance or husband or whatever. Or wife. I'm so hetero with this podcast. If you were to ask your partner to do all of these things with you... I feel like there would be a little bit of like, uh, really? But when you're doing it with girlfriends, it's almost like you look forward to it because it's a fun hang. I know. I'm like, how do we, how do we monetize this? I'm like the asshole. No, you're (laughs) not an asshole. You're a business idea. (laughs) I think it is. I think you could like franchise Marla Day and just go completely bananas viral. Um, People ask me all the time, how do you make new friends? Like, how do you start a community? And I've gotten questions about like how to start that community. Um, now because there's a fear that like when we're old we won't have anybody around like there's all kinds of fears surrounding friendship and community and i think the more ideas we have for sparking that among people the better so thank you for sharing that absolutely genius idea that now i'm going to steal as a single woman what do you think anecdotally if you'd like to share what has been the most testing time for you in your singlehood as i've tried dating 
going through and bumping up against another person and realizing that I'm not ready yet mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. It's so hard because I always feel like I've just like gotten in relationships with assholes. And then so that in some way I've been like, I'm giving up men and I'm never speaking to any of them ever again. I mean, it's and, not a bad idea. Right? Right? And, and, and finding out that I'm not ready yet. And not that I'm not lovable. Like, look, I think I'm super lovable. I you could be in a super relationship lovable. right now. Like, I know all of these things. But working through my own shit, because I don't have the excuse of complaining about my partner that every other partnered person does. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to own my shit. If I'm unhappy, it's me. If I am wanting to, if I'm struggling through whether or not I should sign a lease again for the first time in my life, I've got to look at myself and see what is my deal here, or I'm unhappy at work. What do I need to do to fix it? And I think working through knowing that the shit that's going wrong is mine and I can fix it is the most amazing and powerful thing, but also the hardest thing. Is that relatable? Does that make sense? It's extremely relatable. Like flying without a safety net, like every single decision, every single struggle is entirely on your shoulders is both simultaneously terrifying and liberating at the same time and in equal measure. I I think a lot of people can identify with that. Very curious to know what you decided when you realized you had to figure out things about your lease or if you're unhappy at work, like what are some of the... Like, what is some of the shit that you've found out that you've had to deal with? I think it's extremely relatable. How insecure I am once I start to get the attention of someone versus when I'm like fully flying single. And I, I was that way. Like when I first moved here for like six months, I wasn't dating anyone. I was enjoying singlehood. And then I kind of, a neighbor moved in. Did you you date your neighbor, Kellen? Here's my biggest, I know this is not supposed to be an advice of dating podcasts, so you can take this out. (laughs) But if the person you start to hang out with can hear you take a shit from their own apartment, (laughs) it's too close. I'm not not cutting that out. There's no way. That's too good. (laughs) That is too good. Sorry, to go back to being serious, it's like, to realize that my the that I can build up my confidence alone, and then the moment that it becomes a reflection of someone else, that my insecurities just skyrocket, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm not quite as confident as who I am in myself as I think I am, and that's been my most recent battle. I can't say that that's been a lifelong battle. I'm just saying that in my now that I'm in my 30s and sometimes dip my toe in the water. Uh, that's been the biggest challenge. It's like loneliness only shows up for me if someone else is around. And does that mean that I'm happier being single? Because I don't feel that way when I'm fully rolling solo. So why do I keep trying to follow society to get to that place where I have to see that reflection? Maybe I'm not ready yet. Maybe I'll never be ready and to be okay with that. So that's where I am right now. I think it's trying to tell you something. I think that feeling of emotions coming up only when you are around someone else and that reflection back to you, it's trying to to show you and expand your mind a little bit about your single status or your relationship status or what you would ideally like to see in a relationship when you have one. Like To be able to, especially in our 30s, from my perspective at least, I was not thinking about this shit when I was in my 20s, but to have the space 
to work on yourself, whether you're in a relationship or single, whatever it is, but like taking that space to identify, hey, I am this way when this happens. What's that about? Like giving yourself the room to do that. It's not something that we have sort of been encouraged or conditioned to do and arriving at a place where you can sort of identify that you need to give yourself that space because there's stuff to learn in there. I think that's really important and extremely relatable. Um, And thank you for sharing that. It takes time and a lot of patience and a lot of even repetition. I feel like when we learn things, it's okay to have to learn them a couple of times. There's no like instantaneous perfection or instantaneous like, oh, got it. Cool. Move on. Like it takes a while to, I mean, it took three years to get my law degree. You know what I mean? Shit takes time. It just takes time. (laughs) It doesn't just happen overnight. And the fluidity of identifying and celebrating as a single person versus eventually maybe being partnered and how those identities can change over time as our life expectancies get longer and that sort of thing is a part of, I feel like the narrative you're starting to tell because it, it does feel like society is, there's starting to be this a little bit more of a recognition for single life. And as we do that, there's this chasm and I'm guilty of it myself where I'm like, yeah, thank God I'm single and I don't have to answer to a partner and I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night for a kid like sucks to be you. (laughs) And like, (laughs) that's also not what at least myself as a single woman want to do is to create a chasm. I want to create connection between those two things. So I think myself bumping up against the, that those identities has been what I've really been working through lately. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, girl. <laughs> You're welcome. There's a- Sometimes I'm like, should I have done this like 10 years ago? Like, what the hell? Why am I going through this now? But that's okay. Hey, whenever you get there, you get there. I think there's no there's no correct timeline or way to do it. I, I've been doing this. I've been doing the single thing for 11 years now. And the whole time that I was still really upset with my single status and hated it and just wanted a partner no matter what and kept trying and trying and trying ad nauseum and was just miserable, the whole time that even the worst of it was happening, in the back of my mind, I always knew that what I was going through was like it had a purpose. Like there was a reason that all of this was happening. There was a reason I was going through all this. There was a reason that I kept continuously being like the last one left out of whatever friend group I was in, my family, everyone. Like there had to be a reason why this was happening to me. And I didn't arrive at the reason for that until I started, you know, writing a column on Refinery29 or podcasting about this or starting to hopefully generate some community around this stuff. And it's also, in addition to being able to to help with a community aspect, I have also realized like I have shit to learn about how I'm going to be in my future relationship. There's a lot that I have to learn about what I want from it, how I want to behave in it, because I don't want to mirror any of the behaviors or tendencies that I exhibited in prior relationships. I want to move forward into much stronger and more honest not with them, but with myself. Like I need to be way more honest with myself in relationships than I used to be. And there's, I think there's purpose to all of it. So whenever you get around to, sometimes I think of this stuff as a lightning strike moment where you're just, where you sort of cross a single woman threshold in your brain. And other times I don't think of it that way. It can be more fluid, but whatever like state we happen to be in, I think we're there at the right time. Does that make sense? I feel like I just rambled for 20 minutes. No, I was, I was, I was taking notes. (laughs) You're way too kind to me, Kellen. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, and I love the idea of, 
because it's like I spent six months there in the celebratory thing and all of those things are still so true. There are so many things every single day that I am thankful as hell to be single. Just like if I want to get a McDonald's Happy Meal for dinner tonight, like <gasps> damn it, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to need photographic evidence of this meal. <laughs> I had somebody ask me on Instagram once, like, do you get sponsored by fast food places? Oh, my God. I was like, no, no, not that important. I just really like it. But like Burger King, if you're listening, like, let's get on this. Let's do something about it. If Sonic drive-ins came to me and were like, listen, we want to talk, I'd be like, I am all ears. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm here because I miss Sonic every day of my Texan life. I miss you, Sonic. I miss you very much. Come back to me. Um, Oh, I'm loving this so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, going to that or if I... Last minute with awesome apps now, ClassPass or MindBody or whatever, I'm like, oh, damn, I'm going to hit up a yoga class. I don't have to tell anyone. I can go to a yoga class. I can go kill time at the library in between. Like just every single day, I feel grateful that I get to follow my own choices. And so it's to go back to what you were saying, like, I don't know if it will be a lightning moment for me. Maybe it's coming. Maybe the storm is brewing and there's (laughs) going to be a tip over. But I just have more and more days where I'm spending the time really loving my singlehood. And it's so fun. It is. Like, it's so fun. You're completely right. And I need to take I need to take notes from you because I don't I don't relish the moments in the everyday as much as I need to. I'm really aware of how much I like being single when I travel and when I do Mm. things that are not you know, the normal day to day, but I need to be better about recognizing those everyday moments that are enjoyable for me. I'm hoping I'll be able to do that after I've unpacked in the new place because right now, like the boxes I'm sitting around are actually insulating this conversation. So the sound quality is better because I'm like sitting around <laughs> piles of crap. Um, and then there are things that fucking suck. Oh, Sorry, I don't know. But that, then there are things that really freaking suck. Oh, you can swear on this single. podcast. You can absolutely. Okay, it's, you know what? Asking if you can swear on a podcast is the podcast version of asking if you need to take your shoes off when you walk into someone's apartment. <laughs> I feel like moving or your like classic putting the furniture together article is just like some of those things are terrible mm. as a single person. There- so I'm sorry. And I'm sending you all the love. Thank you. Thank you so much. There's, there's no article that I get feedback about more often than the one with the coffee table. I think that was a, that was a moment even bigger than I realized. Like while it was happening to me, I was like, it was like a out of body experience. It was so miserable and such a struggle, but to hear so much feedback from women who were like, I felt every single stare. It really, it made me feel so much better and and so much less alone in that way. So that was, that was sweet. I think we've all been there over those like shitty Ikea Oh my God. Screwdriver wrench things, whatever they are. And like the sweat's starting to pour down and you've like stubbed your toe because you're trying to hold everything. I mean, we've just all been in that moment where you're like, this is the bottom. This <laughs> is the bottom this is, of singlehood. We've hit bottom. We have hit bottom. <laughs> Ikea, you are the bottom of singlehood. And if you don't make your shit easier to put together. All right. Allow me a moment of curiosity because I feel like other people will have a little bit of curiosity too. Many of us have never been on reality television. And it seems like – so I I write publicly a lot. And as a result, there are comment sections where people get to say whatever they want about me and to me. I can imagine that being on television, you've opened yourself up to essentially the entire internet becoming your comment section. And I'm wondering what that was like 
for you as a single woman or for you as, you know, a human being, how, like, what was the feedback like that you received following that experience? So first I want to say spending, I made 35 of 39 days. So I didn't win, but I was out on the island living off the land and very little bit of rice for 35 days and spending time with no internet and no phones and all of that. And to get to know human beings and to live on the ground in nature was the most wonderful, amazing 35 days of my life. So I want to be in full gratitude for this experience. Uh, The complete opposite (laughs) of that experience, which was my dream of being on the show. And can I challenge myself to not eat and do these physical challenges and all that stuff was an amazing thing. What I did not prepare for was about 8 million people a week still watch Survivor, even though it's been on for like 19 years at this point. And thousands of them get on the internet and feel the need to tell you everything they think. And I wasn't prepared for that at all. Yeah. I didn't think about that. When I was thinking about going and starving in the middle of nowhere, I wasn't thinking about coming home to my Instagram profile and having people tell me stuff. I also want to say... 90% of what people said was positive and kind, 80%, somewhere around there, people were supportive. But the negative comments, and you can probably relate to this, like just stick to your heart and your brain so much more. Because my story on the show was a bit like she's been divorced and now she's on this life-changing adventure. People were so critical and said things like your husband, the luck the luckiest thing that ever happened to him was divorcing you. Oh my God. I divorced him for the record, but you know, that's beside the point. Um, and little things like your pinkies are weird. Okay. What? Huh? A, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like complained about my pinkies. I'm like, how are you even looking at my, <laughs> at my pinkies? Um, like some terrible stuff. Like, I hope you die. You oh, are, you, you claim to be a feminist. You are what's wrong with women in this world. I hope your mom gets cancer. I mean, just like things that. Where are the manners on these people? Just, I don't know. Like a complete lack of just humanity or like feeling it, it feels very void of perspective and feeling. And it feels very, very full of anger and cruelty that is probably bouncing back onto them in some way. And I feel bad for them in a way, but you shouldn't have to deal with any of that. Well, and I tried to like, cause Reddit is like the cesspool of most of the mean things. And I ended up writing a post that they put up where I just said, like, there's a difference between attacking a character on TV and attacking a personal a person. And I think all of the, I've gotten to know some people who have done Big Brother and The Amazing Race. And I think all reality TV people fight through that battle of they're seeing one percent of my personality an extreme part of that personality whether that's really good or really bad um they're not responding to me they're responding to a character on tv and but it's it's a battle to get through that i can only imagine and i'm again very proud of you for doing that because i can't like it it could just come from any angle in any place at any time and how long ago was your season Yeah. So I filmed in the summer of 2017, but it just aired January through May of last year of 2018. So it's starting to slow down quite a bit and there's been two more seasons since then. And so I, the people who follow me now and support me are 99.9% kind. So that's been a really lovely 
shift. And also, you know what? It built up my armor. And when a guy like ghosts me on the internet or after a date or something, I'm like, bro, nice try. Like I've had a a lot worse, a lot worse happen on the, on this little phone. Right. And I think realizing that I'm just a story that some guy's telling himself on the other side of swiping, just like those people in my comments, I'm just a story in their own head. Um, it's really helped me a lot in my career and, and my singlehood and all of that. So I'm also thankful for the negative part. I was going to ask you, like, how have you dealt with the fallout of the negative comments and the stuff that stings? Like, what have you done to um, sort of stay in your in your self worth while that's happening? Because I know that's tough. I I force myself sometimes to go back to when, even though you should, they say to not look at it and ignore it, which I call bullshit on. Brene Brown has even talked about this. Like, you look at the negative comments and it's not without like an opportunity to learn for sure. I read them because I want to know what the refinery audience wants to read about, what they don't want to read about, what they'll respond to, what they won't respond to. I'm curious about all of it. I don't just want to hear praise. I want to hear thoughts of all kinds. For the most part, I think there's a lot to learn there. I just, I'm curious about people's coping skills for, you know, taking in that knowledge while protecting yourself. Well, something that's really helped me is I went back and after I was kind of more emotionally adjusted, uh, was went back and looked and read through some of the old comments. And I could really see so much more clearly that 90% of it was good. And I could take in the good and kind of ignore the bad. So I think it's like revisiting it a little bit later and then letting in the love. I think that's my biggest advice is if you're reading through comments and you read something negative, go back and read the other three things that were said before it that were positive because those are equally those will help you and none of it is true. Right? Yeah. It's not it's all a reflection of the person writing it, but reminder that there are people who want to send love and to let that in as well. If you're going to let the negative in, you got to let the positive in too. Seriously, we forget. We forget to let love in. We forget to let good in. We forget to make space for that. I believe it was Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman that said the bad stuff is easier to believe. Love that movie. And I'm so bad at remembering quotes, but I love that you just used that. Movie quotes are kind of everything for me, but that, that's definitely one of my favorites. I love that movie so much. Um, it is so much easier to let the bad in, but like, I think it's bullshit to say, well, don't read any of it. So if you're going to read it as we all do, then also let the, let the good in. Absolutely. I have one more question for you before I go back to packing and cutting myself on the tape dispenser. So what is, in your opinion, the best thing that being single has ever taught you? The best thing, there's so many wonderful things. The best thing that singlehood is teaching me is that happiness is within myself. And as cheesy as that sounds, (laughs) knowing that I am ultimately in control of how I'm going to approach my day, what I'm going to accomplish, and how I'm going to feel is up to me. And because of my singlehood, I've been forced and gifted the ability to pull myself out. 
when I have a bad day, I don't, of course I call my friends and they're super supportive, but I know ultimately I can get myself back up on that mountain and nothing like survivor to be out there where everyone, for the people who don't know the premise of the show, every three days they vote someone out. So ultimately you're making friendships, but also they could cut your throat at any time. And it's just you out there. And I was starved to death and losing rapidly losing weight. And it was like, it was me and I could pull myself up and singlehood is the same way. I have the choice on how I'm going to live my day and experience the world and what I'm going to give and love. And the only seat of power in love is as the lover. It's a quote by Sarah Piver. I was going to say, where did that come from? Yeah, it's an amazing podcast by Sarah Piver. She wrote a lot of books. I can't recommend her enough. I can send you the information to put in the bio. Please do. She trained under like a Buddhist monk, and I can't think of his name right now. So I apologize on that. Singlehood has taught me that, you know, being in that power seat as a lover and choosing my own life is something that will live with me whether I become partnered or not. So I'm so thankful for that. And now it's going to live with all of us too. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, of course. And thank you for joining me. I've had so much fun talking to you. Shani, it was amazing. I am so I was really nervous <laughs> before I came in here. I was like, I'm really nervous. I've only talked about Survivor on podcasts before. <laughs> and now I'm like talking about my real life. And what if I'm really bad at this? She's like, you'll be fine. Get in there. <laughs> Do you have any idea how nervous I am every time I hit record? This is my damn podcast and I'm terrified every single time. So don't worry about the nerves. Don't worry about anything. We're it's a very honest and safe space that we're creating here. Um, If you've been listening, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us. Um, It is a pleasure to have you as always. If you have a second to leave a rating or a review, that would be absolutely the best. Thank you, Kellen. Um, We should do this again sometime because that was super fun. Absolutely. Thanks, Shaney.